party in the back podcast. Oh, I always look to see when your which lips are going to go. Yeah. No, not which, do you? I don't know I'm your looking the other way. I'm looking the other way entirely. I'm yeah, sure. but I can tell because it's from my experience in choir. You always watch oh. other people's voice so you can mimic it or like right. to be on time. Nice. I like that. Well, anyway, I cut off you. um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Lauren and Michelle's just had to tell her name twice because apparently I won't stop talking. And we should just uh, say, because Lauren's uh, may sound a little different today. Lauren, uh, where are you speaking to us from? (laughs) Well, I noticed that um, when I'm talking in my office, there's a lot of reverb and I'm renting at the moment, so I can't make a soundproof studio. So I've taken the show to my closet. Fantastic. Yeah. Here we are. And yeah. we did have uh, we did have shop in your own closet um, in one of our yeah. prior episodes, which was one of my favorites. Um, so this is nice. We're actually in the closet. We could have done that episode in your closet. That would have been appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> it is a different subject, but <laughs> yeah, totally different subject. Yeah. Um, so Lauren, of course, we um, do endeavor to talk about business mixing with a little bit of party and every show <laughs> we'll have a theme and do our best to teach you something of value. And um, this is this is a goodie. This is one we had a lot of fun with um, when we were sort of coming up with the idea to do this. Do you just want to outline a little bit about the theme? Yeah, sure. So today we're going to be talking about saying no. And, you know, saying no is sometimes a really easy thing to talk about, but a difficult thing to actually do when you're in the moment. Definitely when somebody else's feelings could be hurt, when there's ego at play, you know, all that sort of stuff. So we're going to be going into some, I think, hilarious stories of when, you know, maybe Michelle or I should have considered saying no. Um, and you know, we're going to talk about as well near the end of sh- the show on strategies to help you say no, because I think that if you have some ideas on different techniques and different ways to say no and to approach that, then you'll be better prepared to honor yourself. Cause that's really what it's about, right? Normally when mm-hmm. we're saying no, it's because, Hey, this thing, whatever it is, doesn't serve me. And so I need to I need to say no to it. I need to, to change direction. And um, often if somebody else is on the line or you're letting someone else down or there's a service, which we're going to find out about, that can make things a bit, you know, sticky, I guess. Yeah. And a good example of that, as you sort of alluded to there, was um, we're a little bit late recording today. And this isn't to suggest that you've done anything wrong, but I just thought it was an interesting, perhaps, uh, talk topic to add into what we're talking about today. And that's about what we do when we're on hold. And so I'm going to, you know, maybe just talk about an example that I have about that. And it's it's difficult, you know, it's like you, you kind of, what's the, what's the point that you reach where you've gone too far, you know, and you kind of can't go back. Mm. Um, so I think that's a really interesting talk topic as well. It's difficult because I was on hold today and, you know, often when we're on hold, we're not talking to anybody, but today I kept having a real person come back and check in with me. So I felt that I needed to stay on hold because with her. And also I'd been on hold for 45 minutes before we were meant to record. And I guess the difficult thing with that is that Michelle's waiting for me to record. She's got her whole day scheduled in. She's allocated the time in the morning to do this. 
So I'm making her wait, which I hate making other people wait, but I needed to get this thing resolved. So yeah, that's a difficult yeah, it's an one. So, it's an interesting talk. Yeah. And I think that makes a difference if it's, if it is a human, um, you feel a little worse maybe for, you know, potentially kind of ending the conversation, but it's also been 45 minutes. Yeah, so we were on hold after the uh, big storms that they had on the Sunshine Coast and my husband rang and he was on hold for about three hours and he just had the music sort of playing next to him and I'm going for ages and I was just like, is that, are you still on hold? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, geez, that's a long time. But it's the same sort of thing, like three hours. I mean, I don't know to what point whether he wow. actually asked the question that he should have still been on hold. It was on a weekend too. Uh, so not during the week, he wasn't at work or anything. But there was later, I had to ring and he said, look, I'm not going to do it again because it was three hours last time. So I rang and there was a callback option. So I just went, oh, okay, callback, you know, put my number in. And they're even back within 15 minutes. So yeah. I think sometimes there may be options like that. But yeah, certainly three hours he was on he was on hold for, which I just thought was That's absolutely dedication. insane. Yeah, and I, I definitely wouldn't have done that. Okay, so I guess we should talk about what we've been up to, what we've been mm. sort of doing uh, during the week, Lauren. So what's new with you? Yeah. I know you've been doing some, is, some things. Yeah, what's I'm trying to think about, you know how when it comes to Friday and you feel brain dead because mm. it's been just such a busy week? I mean, this week I ran a total of over 21K just a pretty big deal and what you can't see michelle's i'm actually icing my knee right now oh is that why you're <laughs> sitting like that okay yeah so um bit, uh, but it, well you know they say that knee like running is difficult with your knee cartilage like your knees in general but i've found that by running it's really something that inspires me and i really need to make it work so i'm just using positive visualization and you know, attempting to catch myself if I'm complaining about it and mm-hmm. focusing on how it's all good because it's perfect health. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's where I'm at. It's really cool, Michelle. I You did a presentation in my membership this week and that was awesome. I was really, I, I think that when you're building a business, I'm sure you would understand, it means so much when people believing you, especially when it's early. And I know there'll be a time where I go, you know, in five, six years where I go, Michelle, you believed in me from the beginning. And I'll be like, Uh, you're you're just like Gary V, Lauren, just like Yeah. 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 Lauren T, Gary V. Anyway. Nice room. Yeah. I mean, I think that, yeah. So I just want to say that, that I think that's really cool. And, you know, sometimes you can't share your dream with everyone. And it's about being with people that raise you up and let you feel good. And yeah, so thanks for doing that. I learned a few things as well yesterday, but I think I'll probably mention them a little bit later in the call. Mm -hmm. So aside from that, yeah, it's just been working hard. I, um, I'm thinking, I was thinking of getting a part-time job or I am thinking of that as well just to get me out of the house as well, keep me social, bring in some additional revenue. So I was really thinking long and hard about what I want because much like you, I create my reality, right? So what do I want? And I thought that I'd like to actually work in a pretty cool, funky restaurant because I can work in in the evening. I can only work, I only want, you know, eight to 15 hours a week max. So I did a trial at a restaurant 
near where I live, two minutes where I live, I went in to drop off an application and then they said, can you do a trial tomorrow? And I went, oh, okay, universe, thank you. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I'm just waiting to hear whether or not they want me to come back. They, they did actually contact me to come back tonight, but I'm busy. So I'm not sure how that went over, but so they you want know, you to come back to, to work or to do an interview, like for yeah, another, tonight. Another so it's a bit weird. So in the service industry, you do a trial for free where you show your stuff, right? So I did that, and then uh, it turns out the woman who brought me in for that wasn't the manager; she was a supervisor. So she put in a strong word with the manager, but then the managers wanted to meet me, which is obvious. Why wouldn't you have just brought me in when it was the appropriate time? Mm. Anyway, needless to say, the managers wanted to meet me tonight, but I'm going camping and I'm not desperate for a job. So I believe as well that if I'm worth waiting for, then they can wait till Monday. Mm. Yeah, so absolutely. Keep you posted on that. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. I'm, I'm yeah. excited about that because I was nervous for you in the beginning because I know that you... You just wanted to sort of get this happening and, and you know, not have to yeah. uh, to do that. But I think it does make it easier when you have to get loans and, and do different things. If you want to like buy another house, stuff like that, it does make it easier, you know, if you have that. Yeah, when you're self, when you're, yeah, doing your own revenue or like self-employed, it can be a bit tricky for that yeah. stuff. So yeah. what about you, girl? What's up? Yeah, it's, um, it's been an interesting week, Lauren, and I've found that there's always a theme. Every week there seems to be a theme for me. So some weeks it'll be I'm connecting to um, everyone's grandparents. The next week it might be um, connecting to um, a lot of women who've lost children. You're just quite sad. Um, oh. Every week there seems to be a theme for me, and this week it seems to be a lot of people who are, are grieving. Um, and, but it, it always seems to be appropriate for what I'm going through because I'm doing uh, body code with Kim Marks at the moment. So I've done a session oh, yeah. with her. I spoke about that previously and, yeah. um, I have another session with her next Monday and I feel like, because I'm sort of shifting a lot of that stuff, you know, the grief that we pick up over the years and sorrow and, and different emotions, uh, and they're big, you know, guilt, shame, all of those. Um, then I feel like I'm working with people who need to do the same thing. And it just, it's just amazing to me how spirit brings these people to me. And on Monday night, I didn't get a lot of readings. So I do my Monday Facebook Live and, and that's kind of my bread and butter. And I sort of rely on that to bring a lot of people in. But I already had about 11 bookings for the week, which is, is pretty good. So yeah. I feel like I went in with the attitude of like, I've already got enough. So I'm not that fussed, you know, on how many I get tonight. And I felt very relaxed and, and really great going into it. And um, I didn't actually get any bookings immediately after. And normally I have quite a few. And then they started to sort of trickle in. Um, and then I'm back up to what I am sort of normally. Anyway, but it's sort of that drip feeding thing again. So I just, you know, I just keep trusting. It's uh, sometimes more challenging uh, than other times. But what I found also is uh, some of the validation and some of the confirmation that I'm receiving is pretty amazing. And I'm amazed in the reading. I'm like, wow, I can't believe that. That's incredible. You know, one lady um, is part of the spiritual events directory team and I read for her and I, I kept saying sense of wonder, sense of wonder. What is this? And she's just looking at me going, oh my God. And she said, before I connected with you, I was writing a, a talk. She's with doTERRA um, oils and she was writing oh, yeah. a talk and the name of her talk was sense of wonder. It was a play on words. 
So she was writing that before we connected. And another lady, I was like, Melaleuca? I was going like honey and uh, bees and then Spirit got me to Melaleuca. And I'm like, Melaleuca, isn't that a brand of honey or something? And she's like, oh, she said, I used to work for Melaleuca and that was my com- my colleague that I was talking to on the phone before you're reading, like literally just talking to someone from Melaleuca. It's just stuff like this. And it's like even wow. silly conversations. Like I was saying to a lady this week, oh, like, you know, her, her mum was here in the room with me. And I said, oh, mum's talking about hair, like this hair pulling, hair incident, lots of drama, lots of shouting. What on earth is this? Is this you and your sister when you were growing up? Or what is this? And she said, oh, my God. She said, my daughters, one of them was doing the other one's hair. She pulled her hair. There was a massive fight. They were like, you know, bickering and th- rolling around on the floor. And so, you know, she was just going, how does, how does that, like, I can just go on forever with all these amazing examples of, you know, how spirit um, connects to us and lets us know that they're around. Um, And one awesome one this week, Lauren, because, you know, it's about lifting the mood. Um, That's what we try to do on this uh, podcast. Um, I had this awesome, beautiful woman. Um, She's really grieving. She's lost both her parents, her mum very recently. And she connected with me and she's in a, it's a bad spot. You know, she just looked very mm. like rock-like. You know, people often get very kind of emotionalist, yeah. And she was sort of sitting there and I really wanted to lift her up. And her dad's shaking this little snow globe at me. And I have things from spirit. Spirit knows that I'll associate particular things with the time of the year. And right. so he's shaking a snow globe and I was like, I'm at Christmas. And then uh, mum's talking about like egg nog. And so spirit will give me associations. So it might be if I'm thinking about a famous person, um, sorry, if I'm thinking about a name, they might give me Kim Kardashian and then I'll say, okay, the name is Kim. So they've given me eggnog and I'm going eggnog, eggnog. We're talking about Christmas. What's going on? And she goes, oh, she said yesterday, um, because mum's only recently passed, yesterday they were talking about who is going to make mum's egg salad at Christmas time because her mum made this famous egg salad and was her thing. And who's going to make that? And um, and so that was the conversation, what it was about. And she was so much brighter, you know, after that, like hearing that and going, wow, like mum heard that conversation. And I'm like, yeah, like she, still you know, there. wants you to make that egg salad. And it just made her feel so much better just to know that, you know, she'd heard that conversation. And just to see the lightness in people's faces, Lauren, when someone's grieving and like they're really epically grie- grieving, like in it, um, to see their faces lighten and to be able to have a laugh, you know, because it is a serious mm. thing that to be able to get to a point where we're laughing and joking about the egg salad and how you've got to make it now, I think that's really powerful. And I, I really feel uplifted um, just to be able to do that, you know, for somebody. So even though it's a serious matter, it's like it does make me feel really good to be able to do that. Um, so I really, really love my job um, and I'm really grateful. I love that. You know, I I think, can you just explain, because I know, you know, a fair amount of this, of what you're talking about, but for our listener at home, I think it would be worth, you know, you talking for another minute or two, if you don't mind, just about how you do read things in code. Because I think that what a lot of people don't realize is that different mediums have different language, Mm. depending on how, and so it's almost as though over time you've created a code for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's correct. Um, they use things that you would recognize from your past. So the snow globe for me, I always associate with Christmas and spirit just knows that about me. They they kind of go through, it's almost like they go through your brain as though your brain um, is like a stack of uh, pictures and associations and memories. They go through memories and they pluck out the bits that are so, uh, apply to whatever, you know, we're talking about in that moment. And because words, um, communication is sometimes a little difficult. So it's often a sounds like, so I had a name, Robert, 
but the name that I was hearing was Poppet because it's a sounds like. So, um, you know, lady the other day I was like, oh, we're talking about your son. You've got two sons. Okay, so which son are we talking about? And they were like, Jay, Jay. And so I was like, Jay, is it J-A-Y? And she's like, oh, no, Jack. Jack and the other guy's name is completely different. And so what I was saying about him was actually very relevant. So often it's a sounds like, but with egg salad, when you have syllables, it's difficult for me to hear the word salad correctly. And spirit will know that. So then they go eggnog because it's one syllable each. Right. Yeah. So it's like um, they'll show me not a visual of that, but they literally said eggnog. And I'm like, great, write that down. Um, so, yeah, they go through my memories. And for me, eggnog, again, is a Christmas thing. You know, it's a Christmas yeah. thing, but it wasn't the eggnog, it was the egg salad. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of an association, but they'll go through my memories and pluck things out. And there's things now that like with uh, a lawyer, um, because I was reading for a, a quite well-known psychic medium um, who just gave me, like sent me some oracle cards and she's written a book and she's wonderful. Um, she actually um, was interested in a couple of different people. And it turns out, because I said, well, one of them is a lawyer because I've got legal documents. So when I see folders like this, if I'm carrying folders, um, I associate with those folders with with law because that was my first experience. That was how I first figured out someone was a legal aid because I, I saw the folders and I was like, they look like legal documents. So now mm -hmm. Spirit will always show me that when it's a lawyer. So I said to her, the guy's a lawyer and she goes, both of them are lawyers. And I'm like, oh, okay, let me get a bit more information for you then. <laughs> It didn't narrow it down at all. I'm like, how do you know two lawyers? Like, how does that happen? So, um, yeah, I find it very interesting. It's uh, by association. But it just means, you know, the more syllables it is, it's just harder. You know, it's harder for me to hear. Yeah. So that's how we, oh, that's that's how we figure it out. Yeah, it is fascinating. Yeah. Now, you don't, you don't read for people, though, that are too fresh with grief, right? You discern. Well, yeah, we, we had this, I had this conversation with Sharon Chapman, who I mentioned in a previous episode as well, the relationship counselor. And I, because I'm not trained, I'm not a psychologist. I don't work with people. I'm not a, not a social worker. I don't work with people who are grieving on a regular basis. So normally I wouldn't see people like that. And I do believe the lady I refer to as dragon lady who didn't give me anything. It was very, very difficult. It was like pulling teeth. And that was at probably another Just Say No episode in itself. I was going to say, um, that's yeah. actually well, I was talking, Yeah, I was talking to Sharon about that. And she said, Michelle, if someone's looking like they're catatonic, they're in deep, deep, deep grief. And he could, she could have lost her son the day before, for all I know. You know, and her yeah. niece pushed her into that reading. So that's another, you know, Just Say No episode in itself um, where, yeah, potentially I should have said no to that situation because Sharon said to me, she is grieving. If she looks catatonic, she's grieving. You need to tell her, please go and seek help, go and talk to somebody. I'm not the person to do this. It's not the right time for me to connect you with your son. I know that now and I know that Spirit delivered that to me for a reason so that I know the yeah, difference. Yeah, teach you that. Exactly. Whereas I yeah. didn't know. So now when someone presents in front of me, I could tell with the lady with the egg salad, she wasn't at that state. She was a little bit further on. So I, my mm -hmm. feeling is mum had died a few months ago. Um, so I felt okay to go ahead with that. And she was receptive. We had a great laugh. We had a really good time. She feels wonderful. She sent me a message. Thank you so much. So I'm happy. But next time I'm confronted with that, I'm definitely saying mm. no. Yeah. You know, I had, uh, I'm reading John Holland's book. I think it's called Bridging Two Realms. I think that's what it's called. And he's talking about how he gets people to do a questionnaire to find out when, like to, I, to gauge, I can find out, I'll send you a screenshot yeah, of the part that he's talking about it, but he, yeah. he basically finds out how, how recent the death or the passing has been. 
Mm-hmm. because he doesn't read for people that are too enwrapped in grief because they'll yeah, miss good... what he's trying to say. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. That's and he does that before they come. He, yeah. he doesn't do the appointment. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Because so, that's I'll, a time um, Remind me after this. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank yeah you. I'll send you a screenshot for that. Um, All right, so today's episode has been brought to you by Michelle's Business. And if you're not sold on the promo that she just gave inadvertently, then, you know, I don't know what's wrong nothing's, with you. Nothing's but... going to work. <laughs> nothing's going <laughs> to exactly. convince you. Um, yeah, so Michelle R. Price, hyphen writer and clairvoyant. If you're after any kind of mediumship connections, I also do angel cards um, as well and uh, paranormal clearings, entity clearings, that sort of thing. Um, it's actually pretty popular, Lauren. I've been doing a lot of that. So um, it's awesome. It's like imagine the weirdest, coolest, strangest job in the world. Yeah, That's what you do. Exactly. <laughs> That's all you yeah. And I've been doing a few face to face, which is fun too. So if you're local, if you're on the Sunshine Coast, uh, reach out, get in touch. I can sort out all of those sorts of issues. So Michelle R. Price, hyphen writer and clairvoyant on Facebook. Awesome. So and we'll put I might, a link for that in the show notes. Yeah, and I might jump into the theme um, and how we came about that, came across that. And it was you and I do little brainstorming sessions. Our listener at home may not uh, know that, but we do little brainstorming sessions. And both of us were just comparing these terrible experiences we'd had after paying money for a service. Uh, I think everyone's been there and everyone can probably relate to that. Now, we had a quite a laugh uh, talking about these terrible experiences. We're going to go into a little bit of information and detail about that today. But we actually have often when we go into these circumstances, we have a clear sort of vision, I think, about the experience, what it'll be like, what we going to look like at the end of that if it is we're changing something about ourselves be it our hair or if we're getting a facial whatever it is we often have a bit of a an expectation around that a vision you know of what that's going to feel like and the question I guess today is when that doesn't go quite to plan can we bail you know can we bail at what point can we bail and I feel like with me and I've said this to you before I'm the girl who just sticks with things because I was the one who was told you've got to eat everything on your plate before you do anything else, before you watch the TV, blah, blah, blah. So I've lived my whole life by that, um, having to finish everything. And I think that for a lot of my life, um, this led to me being a bit overweight, you know, quite overweight because I felt like I have to finish everything, even though I'm completely and utterly stuffed. Um, And I feel like, you know, Lauren, um, you're different. Your experience would have been quite different to mine because we've had that conversation before and you're the girl who walks out of the movie cinema and doesn't, you know, finish the whole book I read to the end. And I'm just like, I just, I just don't, I just don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. I, uh, I don't know if I've always been like that, but I think I have because I always remember my mom leaving movie theater theaters if the movie wasn't good. So I guess I just had that. And we did not grow up in a house where you had to eat everything and we didn't have dessert in my house also. So Mm. maybe the odd time on a Sunday of something special we might but it wasn't as though we needed to finish our meal to be rewarded with food later. Oh, I got apple. That was, I got an apple yeah. and I really wanted that but apple. But we man. didn't even, I guess it wasn't, I mean, for me, a sweet finish was never something that I even really craved until I got into my 30s for some reason. But yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I, um, 
you know, the only way that I can articulate it is the way that I think about things now, because I can't really fully remember how I came to this conclusion. But I, I will tell you, actually, upon recollection, my girlfriend and I, when I was in radio school, we would go to the movies and we would have movie one and movie two. So movie one would be the, the movie that was starting first. And if we didn't like it, we would walk out and pop into movie two to watch that one instead. So we always had a bit of a backup plan. I don't know. She must have just been the same way. And we both uh, appreciated that in each I've other. I've never, never heard of that in my life. Never. <laughs> you never kind of have thought to, to do into movie two. Wow. You're not really supposed to do that. Although um, where we, where I grew up, if you left the movie within 30 minutes of it starting, you got your money back. Yeah, that is a thing. That is a thing. So, yes. yep. yeah. And really, I mean, I do it all the time. If I start a movie and I'm not enjoying it and my partner isn't either, we just turn it off and put on something else or nothing at all. So I just think my time is more important. So I just say no, no. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good example. Um, so I guess with me, I had um, I had this terrible haircut and it was uh, it was a shocker. It was a shocker. And this is the example I gave you when we were talking about this uh, theme for this episode and uh, it was years ago I was at TAFE it was like 94 because I graduated in 93 and I went to this hairdresser um, and it was just a you know I thought going to be just a average regular sort of haircut I walked in and she said look you know can we do some hair modeling with you we won't charge you the haircut will be free uh, I'm just going to do this really funky stylish kind of do and I was like at TAFE. So I'm like, free haircut. Yeah, count me in. Like, I didn't really think about what it was going to look like. I was like, yeah. well, if it's hair modeling, I mean, it's probably going to look okay. Um, and it's free. So that's a tick. Um, so I was super excited. So I'm sitting there and I was like really flattered that she asked me. And I'm like visualizing what this is going to look like. And, you know, I'm imagining myself on the catwalk, you know, sort of Vidal Sassoon style and you know, posing for the photographer <laughs> and I just wasn't paying any attention. And uh, at some point she's like, oh, so your hair's done, you know, what do you think? And she's got the mirror, you know, how they hold the mirror, you know, behind your head and everything. I look like a dude. So by way of background, <laughs> by way of background, Lauren, I've gone in and I, so when I was little, when I was sort of, you know, under the control of my parents, I always had a boy haircut. Like I always had really, really short hair. And then when I was old enough to kind of make my own decisions about haircuts and stuff like that, I didn't get them. So I let my hair grow out. So I, at that point, probably hadn't had a haircut in a really long time. And my hair was down to my bum. So it was really long. So I went from that to a boy haircut. Like an I'm surprised they didn't ask you if you were okay with that or if you... You know, because normally you set ground rules. I know everything's clear in hindsight, but... You know, that surprises me. I think it was because it was free because she said, right. like, if you let me do this, you don't pay anything. So I think that was, you know what I mean? That was kind of the get out, get out of jail clause, get out free, get off free uh, clause for right. her. So right. um, I'm looking at myself and I don't even recognize myself. I'm like in a coma. Basically, I'm just in shock. I'm sort of zombie-like out the door thank you thanks never going back there like you know in the back of my head I get to TAFE and no joke like all my friends walk straight past me like don't even recognize me walk straight past and I'm like 
guys, guys. And they turn around and no joke, like they lay eyes on me and it's like tears. It's like they're rolling around the floor laughing. It's not making me feel any better. Let me just say that. So that was kind of the point where I started wearing a lot of hats. Uh, From that moment on, I wore a lot of hats until it grew out because it was horrendous, like letting it then grow out because it's like an awkward, like she cut it all these layers and so it was growing in this really awkward way and I just had to wear hats everywhere. Um, mm. I couldn't I couldn't do anything with it. It was awful. It was the most awful experience. But, you know, because it was free, like even if I had have noticed in the moment, you know, um, I don't know that I could have done much because she was lopping it off, you know. It's like what do you even – how could I have said no to that? Um, and especially because it was free, I don't know. Like I guess you can't. I feel like I couldn't well, say. How old were you? I was uh, a year out of high school, so I was like 17, 18. I think sometimes too, when we're younger, we're a little bit more timid, you know, I think yeah. nowadays, if you were signing up for something like that, you'd probably ask them what they have in mind, or they would tell you, mm. whereas when you're young and impressionable, you don't ask a lot of questions. Yeah, you probably wouldn't have asked a lot of questions. I mean, mm. I think that you're allowed to always change your mind in life and always say no at any time. Right? I mean, <laughs> We learn that for many reasons, many situations where mm. you're always allowed to say no. So it doesn't matter what the scenario is. If it's not serving you or right for you or doesn't feel good, then you have to say no. Mm. And it's difficult because sometimes, depending on the situation, somebody's feelings are about to get hurt. You know, so I went for, um, I, my friend recommended us. Uh, an esthetician to get a facial from and uh, an it was esthetician her... what's an esthetician oh i think is that yeah that's the right word i'm pretty sure an esthetician is somebody who does beauty and um oh. makeup and but maybe a I, therapist i think no, well right. in canada we say esthetician oh that's so anyway if there's an esthetician listening right now and i got that wrong feel free to send me a message and i'll learn <laughs> uh but anyway so she was going on and on about how amazing, you know, her friend is. And anyway, so I ended up getting a uh, appointment to go and get a facial. And when I went in, the salon was awesome, super trendy, super awesome. Went into the back to get my facial and <laughs> this woman had rubber gloves and basically gave me my whole facial with rubber gloves on. Now, The thing about facials is that you're actually, there's no blood, there's no anything that is inappropriate. And this is actually pre-COVID as well. This isn't during the COVID period where everybody's super hyper aware of germs. This was before that. And, you know, Michelle, I can't tell you, it was like, yeah, being rubbed all over the face with... (laughs) latex gloves but they were almost like a thicker maybe they were more rubbery (laughs) than that it was the worst it was the worst experience ever and I didn't I wanted to say no but I just thought you know what I'm not gonna die if she just finishes this and then she left me to you could have we can't rule that out maybe death by rubber potentially oh man she um you know, cause then she put like a mud mask on and then left me to sit there. But then I, then I had to sit in this cold room and I'm always a cold person. That's why I live in the tropics yeah. and uh, no blanket. I was freezing. It was the worst experience ever, but I, you know, I didn't, I just 
pretended it was cool actually <laughs> which isn't um yeah I don't know I it, I guess I weighed it up in my mind and it wasn't worth it it wasn't worth putting my friend in a weird position if mm-hmm. I told her I wasn't happy and then it came back to her and I was yeah, wondering so, if she might have had a skin condition or something. Is that potentially why she was wearing the gloves? I guess if you're exposing your hands to a lot of different products, maybe she had like a skin condition or something. Because I've never heard of someone wearing gloves during a facial. Maybe you're right. Yeah. I yeah. never even thought about her side of the story. Because <laughs> mm, it just seems weird. Like I can't imagine anyone yeah. willingly wanting to wear gloves to do a facial. And for the, also the management team, yeah. for them to allow that. Um, so maybe she was the owner. Condition. Yeah. Oh. She was the owner of the place. Oh, that makes it even worse. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it just but makes me feel like there must have been something going on with the skin or her hands maybe. or something. Yeah. And I guess she wouldn't have told me that because then I would have felt even more. Oh, yeah. Yeah into it you want to be exposed yeah. to that yeah yeah you know your hair story reminded me of something so i used to have the best hairdresser in the world seriously he was he was incredible it's always and a guy I, yeah same for me yeah My favorite yeah. Ever hairdresser yeah yeah oh he was next level i mean people would ask me all the time where i got my hair done and it was just he was the best ever so i went to get my hair dyed for the very first time from him And I kind of, I'd been seeing him for years. So I just sort of let him do what he wanted. But I had no context for how much things cost in relation to dye, right? Because I had always paid $100 for a haircut. We're talking 15, 10, 15 years ago, by the Mm. way. Mm. So I was paying a pretty good price for a haircut. So I, it didn't occur to me that foils and all these things were going to be expensive. Anyway, to cut a long story short, at the end of my treatment, I think my bill was like $380. And this is going from someone who splashes out paying 100 So I was blown away and I didn't know what to do. So I paid. And when I left, I also was so upset because he had made my hair way lighter than normal and i'm the kind of person i love having dark 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 hair and red red that's kind of like my that's your thing so to have blondish highlights in my hair it was the worst so i remember calling my brother and crying about it and he said go back there and talk to him you know so and i thought oh all right. So I, I don't know. I went and I did it and I, he was leaving the salon and I went and talked to him and I said, you know, $380, I can't afford that, you know, because in the moment, you know, hair salons can be really yeah. trendy and cool and sometimes yeah. intimidating. So I wasn't ever going to say anything there. And, and he goes, Oh, okay. Well, I didn't realize that he goes, Hey, I'll your next haircut. I'll give it to you. It's for free. And I never went back. And I remember I went to my friend's house that evening and I cried and cried about how awful I hated my my hair, even though there was nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't what I envisioned it to be. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so I guess I didn't feel comfortable saying no then, but I, at least I suppose I went back and (laughs) And said no after the haircut, (laughs) said no after, but then at the same time I missed out because I never went back again, ever. I got one more experience with a tattoo. So I went to get tattoos done on my feet, these hearts, and I'm in the tattoo salon and, you know, I said, I want red hearts on my feet. That's what I want. 
And the guy goes, he asked if he could do a little bit of shadowing. And I thought, oh, like some shading. And I thought, oh, yeah, okay, okay. I didn't, oh, anyway, I'm kicking myself even to this day because I still have my tattooed feet. But so I said to him, yeah, okay. So he did the shadowing on my feet. I hated it so much, Michelle. He didn't mirror my feet. So it was the same tattoo. Imagine that half of it is black and half of it is red, but not in a cool way. And it's on my left foot and my right foot. But the black side, it's the exact same tattoo on each foot. Do you know what I mean? So we it's need not to put a, a photo of your feet up. We need to get a photo of this so that the listener oh, at home can get an idea of what we're I don't talking even, about. I don't even think I want to go. There. Anyway, I'll think, I'll, I'll think on that. So it's basically not mirrored, right? Because if anything's done on one side of your body and the other, it should almost mirror or balance. Yes, it's not balanced. Oh, no. And I couldn't believe it. And I was so upset to make matters worse. In Canada and North America, we have a tipping culture, right? So you just tip everyone all the time. Oh, Tim Hortons, you know, drive-through person, you tip that person. You tip your hairstylist, your esthetician, the taxi driver, everyone your tattoo artists everyone all the time as well i didn't know that oh yeah so i was stuck in the whole routine of feeling like i needed to tip and i guess i was not empowered at the time and i gave him a 20 dollars tip on top of the chart seriously and i hated my tattoos and to this day i hate them i've had them for over over 10 years but Lauren, isn't tipping, isn't tipping in essence meant to be, I'm happy with the job that you did. I'm happy with the way that you waited on my table. I'm happy with, like, aren't you meant to be happy with it before you tip? Like tipping isn't just yeah, something you, you kind of do for the sake it, of it. It is. It's become that. Oh. It's become the norm. And, um, you know, at the time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, at the time. I mean, because I was waitress seen you know when I was getting my tattoos done at the time I would have been making around nine dollars an hour so I'm relying on tips every it's just the way that the system is unfortunately in Australia I think you're much more advanced in that way because if you want to tip uh, I'll still tip here if the service is fabulous and the person really deserves it but unfortunately, in North America, or at least in Canada, from my experience, is that sometimes you still tip just because you're supposed to. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting because we went around. <sighs> I've been through New York and uh, we, we did tip a lot of people, well, pretty much everyone. But it was because the service was awesome as well. And I noticed in America, because that was my first time there, that it was quite different experience in restaurants because over here a lot of the time I feel like, I'm not welcome. Like I've been into restaurants where I've just felt like no one kind of wants us there. The waitress can't really be bothered. And that's been the experience for me at a lot of restaurants. Um, there's been good ones too. But in America, it was like the it was consistent. It was consistently good wherever we went. People went above and beyond. And so I feel like in a way, like the tipping service, especially, well, I mean, that was just yeah. New York, but the tipping system seems to work well there because we got really amazing yeah. service everywhere we went. And people felt like, they wanted to be there. We felt like we wanted to be there. It was good. And I, I don't feel like I get that consistently um, in Australia. So. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's also because it's a profession for a lot of people. Yeah. Yes. You know, to be to be a server. I mean, to be a great server, 
Mm. It actually takes effort. Mm. You don't write things down at the table. You don't have to, I mean, I can't tell you, I'll go to a cafe. My partner and I will order coffees. The woman will take our order. She will write it down. She can't even remember it. I'm just using one example I have in my head. And go back and come back with the coffees and not know who ordered what. That's you're I not mean, in the right profession. You're not in the right. That's profession. terrifying in general yeah. that that young woman's brain isn't working. Yeah, <laughs> but is. also that yeah the care factor is zero. So I mean that's definitely a perk of of having tips. But you know I wish I hadn't tipped in hindsight. I mean anyway whatever I did. Mm. So mm. it's just a funny story because it just made me think about you know when you're paying for something and you're you're almost not you're almost saying yes to something someone else is suggesting when you don't want that. Mm. And, you know, sometimes you don't know what you don't want until you see it. <laughs> yeah, but it's still it's still tough. We can't yeah. say no in um, retro- retrospect. No. Yeah, going back. I mean, it felt empowering for you to do that, to go back and say that in retrospect in that situation. And I think that was good for you to do that because it sort of changes you moving forward because you're more willing to say no potentially earlier in future situations. So I think it was good for you to do that. Um, I I actually had another shocking uh, haircut experience and this one was quite funny because this was a a case of mistaken identity and you said that you had something similar happen where your parents didn't recognize you as well. So this was quite shocking on, on many levels for me, many levels. It took me a little while to kind of move past this because I, um, and th- look, this lady's quite good because she actually did my hair for my wedding, but it didn't involve any cutting and, and stuff like that. And like, I, I like to go to the hairdresser. I very rarely get my hair cut, probably because of that terrible experience at TAFE. So I'm lucky to get my hair cut once a year. The cat's just moved off my chair and I'm very, very happy. I was saying to Lauren at the start of this, this is another just say no thing. If the cat's on the chair, I can't make a move. So I was just perched right on the edge of it. And I've lost all the feeling down my left side of my leg. And she's finally voluntarily moved, but I won't physically like move her. I really struggle with saying no. Anyway, back to the haircut. So I go off to the off to the haircut place, and I'm like, all right, Zoe Deschanel, um, who's just gorgeous, um, and her sister's an yeah. actress as well. So she has the long, darker hair, you know, kind of flowing. It was, you know, uh, cut into sort of layers. Um, had a lot of body, and she had like a really soft, beautiful fringe. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I love that. I did a bit of research and I took it in and I said, look, can I do something like this? And she's like, yep, sure, no worries. And so, you know, we're talking, you read a magazine, you have a cup of tea, you're not overly focusing on what's happening with your head. And um, at the end of it, she's cut it. And like Zoe's hair was well below her shoulders, right? I've got hair just kind of below my ears, let's say. It's quite oh a difference. My God. It's quite a difference. There's a few inches, you know, kind of missing missing there. And the, the fringe was quite blunt. Yeah, so quite blunt. Um, so it's more like I'm looking like a pixie. Yeah, 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 pixie. Wow. So uh, it really wasn't anything. And, you know, I don't know what happened to the layers. I mean, I don't know if there were any layers there. It was, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was a very interesting. It was nothing like I expected. So, you know, I, I, I paid and I said, yes, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, didn't give her any sort of useful feedback at all. Um, again, I think you go into that sort of moment of shock. Um, you know, it was a kind of grieving, grieving, where did my hair go? Um, what What is now on top of my head? I don't really know. 
And then, of course, it's a weekend, so my husband's home. So I've got to face him. And he was waiting. He was waiting for me, right? And I'm like, okay. So I've pulled into the garage and there's a door. There's The door's closed because we've got pets. And then I've uh, opened the door, made a run for the laundry, grabbed the washing basket because that's all I could think of because I'm like, I don't want him to see this thing on my head. So I grabbed the washing basket. I've come back out and I'm like pretending I'm going out to do the washing or something. And he's like, um, how's your haircut? Like, what's and I'm holding it up in front of me, right? You've got to picture this. Holding it up in front of me. So he's looking at me through the holes, yeah? So, you know, washing basket, you got the holes. He's looking at me through the holes. I'm holding it up. And he's like, what happened? Like, did you get your hair? What, what's, what are you doing with the basket? And I'm looking, I'm talking to him through it. And I'm like, and then he's like, he's forced it down. And he's seen my head and he's lost it. Like he's lost it. Like to the point where, you know, that ugly crying where you're like, you know, tears, tears and the whole thing. And it was like your face (laughs) is all screwed up. He couldn't stop laughing. And then I've seen his face and I've started laughing. And I'm hysterical anyway, because I'm like, this is actually my hair and I can't quite believe it. So we're both laughing hysterically, ugly, the whole thing. It was terrible. And so then I'm like, because at that point we're still working for the company. So I still do weekly videos. And I'm like, how am I going to put this in the video so then i start like i go to all the you know clips like clips and i'm like clipping this like blunt fringe up here and then i'm pinning the back the rest of it kind of back because it's not even long enough to go in a ponytail anymore and i'm like this is the worst and i get to the newsroom same thing everyone just laughs at me they all turn around and they're just like wow that's really funny and i'm like no because it's on my head um, so I'm like, I don't know, is there, should there have been a point where I, where I could have said no? I mean, it, it seems to be around haircuts a lot for me and that's why I just don't go a lot. Um, because it's just too painful and I haven't had the best Maybe you're carrying this baggage into it, Michelle. Yeah. Maybe that was from my past. Maybe I haven't dealt with that, Lauren. I've got to release the first haircut yeah. before I can have the, the you know, the, <laughs> <laughs> the haircut 20, 30 years later. Um, but yeah. what's really funny about this is that photo, photo of Zoe, because I couldn't, I couldn't put my own head up, right? I couldn't put my own head on Facebook. So I've posted this photo explaining, you know, I got this haircut. It was terrible. It wasn't what I expected. Da, da, da. And then this is Zoe Deschanel. And, you know, this is what I was wanting to look like. But I look nothing like that. And I couldn't, I could not put my own photo up. I couldn't do it. So I put her up because I'm like, that's what I was meant to look like. And then my dad's got confused, hasn't read the post properly, shares the post with his friends on Facebook. And is like, oh, my daughter got a haircut and she looks so beautiful. Look how beautiful she looks. And then I'm like ringing mum and dad. And dad's so confused. And I'm going, dad, that's not me. That's Zoe Deschanel. Who's Zoe Deschanel? She's an actress. And he's like, oh, no, that's you, the girl with the dark. And I'm like, it's not me. And like, (laughs) it took me 20 minutes to convince him that that wasn't me and that he should take the photo down. He never took it down. They all still think that's me. And I'm just like, I look nothing like her. And I was so upset because A, my head looked like a bird's nest or like a pixie or God knows. But B, my dad doesn't even know what I look like. It was like, I just couldn't believe. I mean, my day could not have got any worse. It just could not have gotten any worse. Um, so yeah, I don't know what the answer is, but maybe I do need to kind of release. Maybe I need to work through a process with Archangel Michael and, and release that first. Hand. Yeah. It's still there, Lauren. I'm still grieving it. Yeah. That is hilarious. Yeah. That is so funny. That reminds me of this time where I, um, I was playing baseball and, uh, I, we got a team photo and <laughs> you have to imagine we're all wearing jerseys and bald cap ball I almost said bald caps ball caps and you know so it's a little bit hard and there's a whole bunch of us there's about 20 
So it's a little bit hard to discern who's who necessarily. Anyway, so I send this photo to my family and I went, yeah, you know, softball group photo or whatever. This is a couple years ago. And um, my dad writes and says, this is on WhatsApp. He goes, uh, I don't know. I can't tell who you are. Like where you are. And my mom, my mom writes, she's the beautiful one in the back on the right. <laughs> and I went, no, that's not me. That's another, <laughs> so, another beautiful uh, <laughs> child of someone else's. Yes. Wow. So, so I mean, in, in the years, oh, so funny in the years since, you know, there's been jokes. She's the beautiful one in the back, but I mean, it's so funny. You know what made me think of um, with your haircut? So I got a haircut a while ago, about a year and a half ago now. And I went to this salon and I, I chose this woman because she'd cut my partner's hair. And I thought the shaping was really well done and looked as though somebody knew what they were doing because they pay attention to that. So I went in, I booked this appointment. I told her I didn't want layers. I just wanted, you know, a bit of a trim. My hair was past my shoulders, you know. Anyway, to make a long story short, I got the worst haircut ever. So I didn't say no in the moment. I paid. She was a nice lady. And anyway, it was almost as though everything I was telling her not to do, she did it. So I went home. So I was so. Did you get layers as well? Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. <gasps> and you said I was no so upset. It looked so bad. It it was just. And you know when you leave the salon and your hair looks awesome, and then when you go to do it yourself, it looks really bad. No, this just actually didn't even look good at all, at all. So I called a salon two days later because you know I decided I'll wait and see. You know if I change my mind, and when I showed other people at work, I thought. Uh, the reaction wasn't super negative, but I hated it. Mm. So anyway, I went and I made an appointment with this other salon. And when I went in there, I said, I know you need to take it short, just cut it all off. So she cut my hair to my chin and that's now my favorite look. I'm back to that. I used to have that look ages ago. Ah, so it was kind of meant to be. Maybe yeah, it was sort of meant to be, but then, you know, it made me think of, um, here's an example of me saying no in the salon. So a couple months ago, I went to get my hair dyed and I told her I like it really dark, almost black, but with some red in it. And she goes, okay, so they're doing my hair and I wanted an all over color, not foils and doing my hair to my hair. And I noticed that my scalp is red. I'm talking ginger red. So when you want black hair with a red undertone and you're getting ginger hair, that's not like what orange, I want orange oh yeah oh, yeah orangey no, red and you don't always know until it's dried right so you know it, I can see the color changing and I'm going oh my god and this woman comes over this young woman she goes do you just love your hair and I said no I oh, don't oh my god you didn't did you yes because all I could think of was I can't leave I can't leave the salon looking like this it just, Michelle, it made my face look red. It just, it was not, it was not working. And she went, oh, um, okay. <laughs> so, so then she went away and whispered in the back and then they came over and my, my stylist was like, so you don't like this color? I said, no, I'm sorry, I don't. And I always, I don't know about you, but I'm not recommending this either. But sometimes when I say no, 
I'm very direct like you. We're mm. strong. So we can easily come across, not that I'm trying to lump you in with this, but as yeah. being bitches. Yeah. People just think, oh, you're a bitch. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm just straight up. Mm. This, you know. So I often try to play myself down. So I'll go oh, I'm really sorry. Or, you know, or I even change my body language where I'll try yeah. to almost. Yeah. Because we get told, slightly. we get told a lot that we're very, um, or too direct. You and I have both yeah. told that individually. Yeah. Yeah. So I do, I, I do notice when I say no, sometimes I, I change my behavior in that way, but I, you know, I wasn't going to have it in this scenario. It just wasn't yeah, I wasn't going to leave like what that. What could they do? What can they do to it? They did they, they put a new the... color on it, it and it looked great. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Yeah. Wow. Because they really they should just have said did what it again. shade. They really should have asked you what shade and maybe shown you some examples of different kinds of red or something. It just feels like they yeah, made I don't an know. assumption. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I was pretty clear when I mm. said almost black with red in it. Mm. Uh, but I think they were probably concerned that too much black would offset the red. There wouldn't be enough. And anyway, I don't know. Mm. It's, um, you but know, the whole point. The moment. Yeah. Yeah. They fixed it. And because I had said, no, I don't like it. Whereas I know other people, I'm, we've all done it where we go to the hair salon and, you know, and also if the woman has screwed up your hair, you don't want her to fix it because all of a sudden it gets worse. Your hair is getting worse and shorter. I mean, you need to just cut your losses, I think, and go somewhere different. Mm. Yeah. I love what you said about the um, body language too, because that's true. I mean, I've been told so many times over the years that I talk too loudly and all that sort of stuff and I'm too direct and I offend people and you do, you change your body language. So you start to be very apologetic and you try to sort of blend in a bit more and not offend anyone and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, that's really true. I actually didn't really think that I did that as much as I probably do um, because you don't want to offend people. And I think that's how we end up in situations like this. So I guess in terms of improving our life um, for our listener at home and, and that sort of thing, so we like to be practical. We like to give some tools. Um, I feel like I want to find a hairdresser for me um, because that's what mostly what my examples have been about today is that I someone I can trust um, and someone that I feel like I can be really open and honest with. Um, and I'm probably, even though this person's very close to me and I did get her to do my hair for the wedding, which was okay, I did go back for a haircut and my entire haircut took about 10 minutes and there was no real kind of like, what do you want to do Style. or look like or anything. It was the same person who did the original Zoe Deschanel haircut. And I just went back because I thought it's just a trim. I'm not going to ask her to do anything difficult, but it was like 10 minutes, 20 bucks out the door. And there was just no sort of, you know, fun or interaction or do you want a cup of tea? Yeah. It was just very, there wasn't much going on. So right. I feel like on that, in that respect, I feel like I want to go to someone that, you know, maybe it's a bit friendly and there's a bit of like, what do you want to do? And, and, and I can actually give them sort of honest feedback and, and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm still looking for that person. So if the listener at home knows anyone on the Sunshine Coast, please let me know. Um, you know, yeah. I sometimes ask people who get a great haircut where they oh, got it from. Enough. Yeah, that's a good one. I do that. I also check the Facebook pages. And normally mm, I'm a, a real one. creature of habit. Also, if I find someone who does a good job, I'll stick with them as long yeah. as possible. Yeah. So right now the hair, the woman who did my hair was four hours away, but we sometimes drive through that city. So I'm waiting to see yep. her, you know, um, that being said, also, if you ask for the senior stylist. Ah, okay. 
then you'll get somebody who is maybe a higher price point but more experienced. Yeah, this is a solo operation where I go, she's the only one there, so owner-operator. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds to me as though you had no pampering, which is what no, you were doing. You wanted, you know, kind Boom. of that lovely. Yeah. Even my wedding hair, even my wedding hair, Lauren, like normally you set, it, set aside a reasonable amount of time and we were meant to be down, let's say, down the uh, waterfront at 11 and she finished my hair by 10.30, half an hour difference because I said how long we're going to mm. need and rah, rah. And, um, and my hair actually looked fabulous, but she's very like really quick. Like everything happens really, really fast. It's very military style um, to the point where I, as I said to you before, I left and Steve was our photographer who I read out some question and answers from in one of our mm -hmm. previous episodes. Um, I'd left and I'd forgotten about Steve. So we were so early. Steve's rocks up to get my photos and then I, I've gone. Like we've got, we had to drive back and get the photos done and right. sort of pretend, pretend that we were still there and rah, rah. So it was, it was that like, pew, pew, like everything's really, really fast. And so, yeah, we finished half an hour early. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think word of mouth, you know, Facebook uh, community pages are great. Um, mm. There's a lot of chat groups that sort of talk about good people in the area. Um, but also I feel like for me, it starts with sort of daily life, you know, just practicing saying no to my husband sometimes, um, saying no to family, uh, colleagues uh, when I was in work, but obviously uh, our listener at home may um, be self-employed or maybe in the workforce. But I think with our colleagues, um, it's a good habit to get into just saying no. Sometimes if someone asks you to do something, you don't have time or um, it's not your job, then I think we need to start saying no. I know a lot of people who are still working um, in the company or any industry in particular where they don't say no and they get lumped with all these extra things, which isn't really on their um, list of things to do, you know, in their yeah. job description. And then they end up being there 10 hours a day. And they're only getting paid for eight. And so yeah. I think in a lot of situations, especially when you're working for someone else, there is that moment where you you kind of need to say, you know what, I'm going home, it's five o'clock, see you later. So yeah. I think that I think that applies to a lot of people. I also feel like it's important to be able to receive compliments because this this may not seem like it's entirely related, but I think sometimes saying no or the ability to say no, and if you, you have trouble saying no, sometimes it's a little bit about your self-worth because you feel like I need to please everyone, I need to make everyone like me, so I'm just going to say yes to everything. So I feel like it's a little bit about being able to receive, um, and I have done some work with a few ladies this week where they can't receive compliments, um, and I've said something really nice to them, and they've just been like, no, no, what are you talking about? They're, my glasses are awful, or my hairstyle, whatever it is, and they sort of throw it back at you. And yeah. I did a I did a course um, years ago. My dad made me do it because I was too much of a tomboy. I climbed trees and wore pants all the time. So he's like, you're doing June Daly Watkins um, Beauty and Deportment School. And I hated <gasps> it and he put me through it. It was awful. I had to do catwalk. That was um, around the time, I think it was after that, where I got that terrible haircut actually when I went there. But yeah, it was, it was a shocker. But one of, the, one of the things that I learned from that, which I actually um, quite liked, is that, you know, it's, it's about respecting you. And if someone gives you a compliment, you just say thank you. Because if, if you say, if I say to you, oh, Lauren, I love that, you know, that color on you, that hair, you know, it looks, it looks fabulous. And then you say, oh, Michelle, my hair, it's awful. Like I hated it. It's the worst thing ever. You're basically then saying to me that I'm wrong, you know, and you're changing mm -hmm. my opinion. 
and my opinion yeah. is mine. So if I tell you this is my opinion, yeah. Yeah. you need to just say thank you. And I learned that at that course. So I'm actually grateful. Um, not, I don't know, I'm grateful to, for too much else from that, but um, certainly for that, I was really <laughs> grateful for that lesson. So I think that, that um, that's really important to, to learn um, is respecting yourself. I think that's where it comes from, the ability to be able to say no confidently. And also for us, you know, because we are strong, confident women to be able to say no with our body language you know, and to be strong about that and confident to be able to do that and not yeah. be uh, judged, you know, um, judged differently for that. I think that, you know, our heart's in the right place. Yeah. You know, we're taking care of ourselves. That's mm. important. Yeah. Because right? you can swing too much the other way. I think you've got to be in, in that balance. I think yeah. there's definitely balance. We can be too far that way, too far that way. But I think, you know, you and I um, at some point in our lives have gone a little bit too far, you know, that way and tried to conform mm. and, you know, stuff like that. So I think that's been a really great lesson for me today. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I guess I wanted to, my sort of finishing comments and then we'll quickly go into, um, you know, how to, ways to say no, but it's really around not saying no as well for your customer. And I know it doesn't really sound like it's related, but I thought that it was important and it was on theme with no, and I really wanted to bring she it really in. really wanted to slip it in there. Yes. Yes. I did. So this is an example. So basically I was seeking a service from somebody. Okay. And I got a quote from them and uh, it was going to be over $2,000 for this service. And I don't want to basically say too much, you know, I'm trying to be, mm. if I'm being too vague, let me know. And I can just say, but so essentially went to get the service. And then I realized that I could do a large part of this process myself, saving myself a lot of money. Now, the other thing is that I was going to add on a whole bunch of extra stuff. So it was going to cost me an additional $500 for each thing I was adding on, whereas I could do it all on my own. So I ended up emailing her and saying, Hey, I'm actually not going to proceed at the moment. It's too much of an investment. I'm going to attempt to do this on my own, but I was wondering what your consulting rate would be to have you go over this. And she proceeded to tell me that her hourly rate was $1,400 an hour and that she was going to close my file. And so I thought, okay, and she's a lawyer. Let's just say that. So $1,400 an hour. Yeah. And I went, okay, okay, that's probably not true. But anyway, but she was pissed, right? Mm. She was pissed that she'd done a consultation with me and I decided I would try it myself. Now, I'm very aware that there are people that are specialized in certain areas and you should pay them for that, for the school and the time and the knowledge. I get all that. I've got no issue with that. She could have tried to sell me on that. She could have said, Lauren, you know, if you attempt to do this on your own, you might miss a detail, which could cost you millions of dollars in the mm. end, right? She yeah, could have she done. Yeah, you would have been convinced. And then I would have gone, oh, okay, maybe I need to invest in this, right? Exactly. She could have said, there are ways for me to minimize the outlay that you think you have to pay, um, you know, because blah, blah, blah. And anyway, so she said no to me. Now, the funny thing about that is that when she said no to me, she didn't allow me an opportunity to come back and want to talk to her. She made me feel mm -hmm. as though I put her out, I pissed her off, and she was saying no for me. However, I had also connected her with three other people who might 
look to use her service in wow, the Wow, that future. sucks. <laughs> so you know what I did? I emailed them all and said, hey, just so you know, this woman, I probably Good. wouldn't want to recommend working with her. Good. Because these are my friends. Yeah. It's like you. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend that you go work with someone like that, right? Mm-mm. So she's missed out on that also. So I guess I just wanted to bring that up. And then on the, the side note, I uh, yesterday... I had this message and uh, I was given this idea to basically go and DM everyone who follows my business page on Instagram and Facebook and offer them a special promo into my membership because they follow me and I thought, well, if they follow me, they must like what I'm doing or they've forgotten about that they follow me and then they can unsubscribe because that's also cool because it'd be better to have a small amount of people that are engaged versus a large amount of people that don't care. Mm. So I am DMing people, sending them little personalized messages, sending them information. And I kept seeing, I kept finding myself going, "Mm, I'm not going to send this message to this person. And this voice inside my head was going, don't say no for the customer. Mm. Allow the customer to say no to you. And so I thought that was important because I've given that advice to other people. And it was really interesting to see my own struggle with that as well, because I think that we're sometimes, you know, we need to practice being able to say no, but sometimes we also don't want to put ourselves in the position of having someone else say no to us. Mm. But at the same time, it's not our position necessarily all the time to do that for the other person, right? So, you know, even in relation to you, I know that some, some of the things that you're working on is challenge, um, you know, managing your day where you can have time for you and you can have time for your clients. So, you know, sometimes allowing maybe someone an opportunity to reschedule with you or to, you know, to put yourself first. So I, I, anyway, I just wanted to say that don't say no for the, for the customer. I thought that was a, that was a big deal because some people are really flexible and some people say yes. And I had people say yes. That's the other thing. I had people say yes. You don't know until you ask and that's the thing. And it could have been some of the people that you sort of felt like maybe I won't message them and that's a shame because they would have, you would have missed out and they would have missed out on the opportunity to do it. Um, Sometimes you just got to put it out there, you know, and let them sort of come to you, um, which I love. So I think we're getting into uh, the party, uh, a bit of the party. No, actually we're not. We need to talk about ways to say no. I didn't give that out yet. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, I kind of skirted over that. So basically, <laughs> if you're at home, you've got a piece of paper or a pet. No, Michelle, we're not getting into the party. See how I did that? Um, Thank you for saying no, Lauren. <laughs> putting me in my place. Yes. So um, basically, you know, if you're going to say no, don't delay. Just say it. Because sometimes when we think about saying no or how to say no, we talk ourselves out of it. So if you know intuitively that this is not right for you, just say no and say it right away. And then actually you don't need to continue to comment either. You can just stop at that. Uh, The other thing is, you know, sometimes people want us to do something and it's not really the right fit. So I think I've used this example before, but if somebody wants me to build them a website, okay, I could do it but it would take me longer and I wouldn't be as great as somebody else who's good at that. So I would say in that scenario, I'm afraid I can't do that, but I can recommend someone else. 
So that's a way of me saying no, but it's also me almost paying it forward and recommending someone else. So I'm not leaving the person, you know, in the lurch. I'm just saying, hey, you know, there's someone else who's more qualified. If they keep pushing, you could say, I'm afraid that if I said yes, that um, I wouldn't be able to do the best job for you. So that's another strategy. The other thing you could do is you could emphasize or empathize with them. So, oh, I know this sucks, but I just can't do it and leave it at that. One question I had a somebody ask me, they said, well, how do you say no if you've already said yes? <laughs> and I said, okay, well, you can just say, hey, upon reflection, I realize this isn't the right fit for me, or I don't have capacity for this, or I wouldn't do the right job for you. I mean, it's okay to always, like I, like we were talking about, you can always change your mind. Other ways to say no would be no thanks. I think I'll pass. You can smile and shake your head. No, you can say, I don't do that. Or you can give a firm and polite no, like I've said earlier. I think that sometimes, Michelle, when people are trying to say no or get out of something that they try to talk themselves around and often they can end up saying yes in a situation they want to say no to. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully there's some good stuff in there. That's a good one. I like that. It's nice to soften it um, because I think that's, for me, it, it's a bit of a trigger because I don't want to be too harsh because of, you know, how people have reacted in the past. So it's nice, you know, to be able to know that we can do it in a different, slightly different way. Um, yeah. So the fun bit of the show, because we like to mix a bit of the uh, business and the party. And it is uh, time for that, Lauren, the uh, the party element. Yes. Yeah. So it's the party. I always go, we like to party, but I feel as though I need a new song. But anyway, I don't have one today prepared. But this is brought to you by the Raw Raw Spirit team. So if you are interested in knowing more about my membership, I have alluded to it before. I'll leave a link for that in the show notes. But essentially, you've got me on your team. You've got me in your corner uh, giving you business tips and advice, live Q&As, Facebook Lives, expert um, instructors that come in. And it's really a supportive community where our whole focus is to help you thrive and become the best person that you can be in business and in life because you really are more than your business. So Michelle, I'm actually happy for you to talk about the party element if you want to get into that. Yeah, so Laura and I had a couple of um, ideas around different books that I really like. And, and, you know, this is a bit about empowering. We spoke about empowering uh, before. And um, what I love um, in terms of, I guess, a way of building ourselves up and and feeling like it's okay, um, you know, to say no. And I don't know whether you've seen this one. I'm going to hold it up because I know you can see what I'm doing. But the listener at home can't, but I'm going to explain what this is. So that one's quite an old book, but it's Mm -hmm. free to be me. And I really like that it's Barbara and Terry Tebow. So they're a couple, married couple. And um, it examines kind of why we feel the way we do and how we feel about ourselves, um, the way we feel about ourselves rather, how that affects our lives. And so I think a lot of this kind of comes back to what we were saying before about us being raised quite differently, you know, with your mum walking out of the cinema and you're off after her, you know, hot on her little heels. And my parents wouldn't do that because I, we, we weren't, uh, we struggled a little bit, you know, when I was growing up, my dad worked a lot of jobs, mum didn't work. So we really had a lot of appreciation of the value of the dollar. And so whatever we spent on that movie or whatever that was, it's like we had to kind of see it through to the end. And that was just how I was raised. So I think a lot of that has um, a lot to do with today, how I struggle a little bit to kind of say no. So for a people pleaser, 
um, because I didn't get the approval I was seeking from my parents, for example, and that's not necessarily the case for me, or I was told to eat everything on my plate. Um, I think a lot of that sort of leads to where we're at. Um, so if I'm at a restaurant as well now, what I do um, as a way of sort of, you know, getting through this is I'll ask for a doggy bag. So rather than just eating everything and feeling violently ill, um, I'll ask, actually ask for a little doggy bag if I really get to that point where I need to do that. The other book that I really like is Dr. Wayne Dwyer. Um, and he's just fabulous, you know, part of the, um, you know, Hay House Productions team and all of that sort of stuff. And so the book that I love that he put together was A New Way of Thinking, A New Way of Being. And this is based on the Tao Te Ching, which is actually like a religious, a Chinese religious text, um, which is just words of wisdom. You know, the whole thing is just full of wisdom. And it's broken mm. up into um, sections and um, it's really easy to digest. But Wayne's actually based that book on on that, the religious text. And basically it means living and applying the great way. Um, so it encourages you to kind of change your life by changing the way you think. So along the same lines as free to be me. So regardless of my upbringing and whatever the other circumstances are, it basically means I can still learn how to say no just by changing the way that I think. So it doesn't put me into that category or way of behaving for the rest of my life. It's like I can get out of that at any time. It's just about changing the way that I think and perceive situations. Mm-hmm. So I'll put a link to Free To Be Me and also Wayne Dwyer's A New Way of Thinking, New Way of Being in the show notes because I think both of them are actually really empowering um, and a really great way for me uh, in particular because I'm actually going back and looking through my bookshelf um, and trying to find what would be useful now and I'm going to re- go back and reread some of these things um, which is really great so I learned the other day that you know when you read a book for the first time that you know you can get the information but it's when you read it for the second or the third time yeah that it really works yeah and really resonates. I'm I'm actually doing the same thing I've picked up a couple of books that I read that really made an impact on me and I'm attempting to read them again. Yeah, great. So I get those, I get that information in a different way, right? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes when you're reading a book, you're also trying to get to the end. Yeah. So you yeah. miss yeah. parts of it. And also you're younger. I mean, I, I tried to pick up Celestine Prophecy years ago. Everyone was going on about how amazing this book was, oh, rah, rah, yeah. rah. And I read it and I was just like, mm, and I couldn't get to the end. And I was just like, I already know all of this. Like I already, you know, because I already do a bit of that stuff, the energy work and yeah. things like that. And I was just like, yeah, it's not really, not really ticking my boxes. But I think for people who hadn't experienced that, it probably was like this amazing thing. But for then me, I did it was. go back. Yeah. And I did go back later and I did read it and I probably enjoyed it a little bit more. But yeah, initially when all the hype was going on, I was just like, yeah, I'm kind of involved in that. I know that, you know, it, it just wasn't totally new for me. So that mm. was a good example of you know everyone else was like wow this book's amazing so lauren what we're what we're talking about next week and this is something that i have spoken a little bit about in a previous episode but it's something that's just lingering and it seems to be at the Mm. moment and i don't know if it's just us that are experiencing this or if everyone's experiencing but what i'm talking about is kind of trolling soliciting when you're doing uh facebook lives or any kind of presentation people jumping on and trying to take your customers away and i mean for you and i being self-employed that's our bread and butter. You know, it's really important yeah. that we have those people focusing on us and not on yeah. someone who's just jumped onto our page. So I wanted to talk about this because there are ways that you've discovered that we can change our settings in the Facebook yeah. Live sort of setting situation to make sure that these people can't get on. And if they do get on, then we can kind of report and block them. 
So there's a few little safeguarding tips and tools that I think are really useful. And I do feel like maybe our listener at home is relating to this, hearing this and kind of going, yeah, like I'm having an issue with this at the moment too. Because I'm interested to know that. Is it just us or is it everybody? And, you know, please jump on social media. We are very active on social media. So if you have any thoughts, Mm -hmm. comments, conversations, anything around that, even ideas about things you'd like us to talk about, let us know, you know, let us know because that's what we're here for. We're here for you. Uh, and these are our experiences but I feel like at times people are going through what we're going through as well so we really want to hear that uh, from our listener at home so that's what we're going to be talking about next week well said love that yeah so great show Michelle yeah thank you and that has been business in the front party in the back podcast I was and looking if you at your love face. the episode, what? <laughs> You're looking at my face. That time. Yeah, I was watching your mouth. When's she going to do it? When's she going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> I'll start going pod like with a giant P-shaped <laughs> mouth. <laughs> um, where, um, uh, oh, yeah. If you love the episode, make sure you tell your friends. And if you didn't, don't tell anyone. See you next week. See you next week.